If your audience is not on TikTok, you don't need to be on TikTok, okay? If your audience is going, I don't use Twitter, that's not where you need to be. So go where your audience is. Then from there, you can say, okay, but I want an audience over here on this platform. Now I'm going to work on building that while I have the time. But when you don't have the time, when it's overwhelming, start where everybody is, get comfortable, get a system, then add in the next piece. I'm Janet Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that will reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life who want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Today, we get to speak with Julie Riley, an award-winning social media strategist with passion for building community with live video. She has over 15 years of experience in digital marketing, and as of this recording, she is the social media and community manager for StreamYard, managing 25,000 plus members in their community. Julie Riley has also worked with Social Media Examiner, the Small Business Administration, and countless others. She has a vast array of experience, including live video production, social media management, community management, chat marketing, the list goes on. She's a dedicated community leader with a passion to teach others how they too can build an amazing business through their social channels and grow their communities with live video. That's her specialty. She's a hardworking woman who knows how to get things done no matter what challenges come her way if you want to build an amazing community, Julie can get you there. So jump right into this episode as we learn more through Julie's experiences. And here you are. Thank you so much for coming on, Julie. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. I know it goes from, we spoke together at a, a virtual event, um, yes. but finally got to meet in person in March. Uh, so that was really awesome. Yeah, it was really awesome. And I totally forgot what it's like to meet people in person. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Yeah. And and just the pictures and the community, the vibe that everybody got off of that. Um, I don't know about you, but I left so recharged. I needed that. No, uh, I was the same way. I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. There's so many opportunities. There's so many people. 
There's so many callbacks, follow-ups I got to do. So I'm glad that we're finally doing this. Back in the home base, everybody's settled, everybody's relaxed, and everybody's safe. That's the most important thing. Yes, I, I'm i glad that we can start to begin to do these things um, and, and be cautious and be smart, mm-hmm. but not have to be uh, so fearful that we can still get out and go enjoy that. Yeah. So Julie, well, on the podcast, we talk about a lot of the origin stories and a lot of the what it took somebody to doing a hobby to the main gig, but also every all of us have a personal journey. All of us have gone through transformation. So we're here to learn a little bit about yourself. So share with the audience oh who my Julie gosh. is and where you my my origin story of how I got to here. Um, it, it's <laughs> a little nutty, um, and I'll I won't go too far back, but sure. um, I didn't really know what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I was one of those where I loved trying new things. And so Mm -hmm. I definitely tried all the new things. Um, When I first left uh, high school, I went to cosmetology school. So I was a Mm -hmm. hairstylist in a past life. Um, Realized that was not the career for me. I was like, okay, well, I'll go back to school. I'll go try something else was going to enroll in college and a family member encouraged me. Uh, at the time I rode a motorcycle and I ended up at the motorcycle mechanics Institute and worked for Harley Davidson for four years. Um, I funny enough though, I went to school for working on the bikes. I never actually worked on the bikes as a career. (laughs) Um, I could have saved my time and money not Uh going that route, but that's okay. Uh, I ended up working um, some various different positions through Harley-Davidson and worked my way up to being uh, at a dealership in Wichita, Kansas, doing their e-commerce sales and all of their warranty claims. But e-commerce was where I got my feet in the door with digital Mm -hmm. and where suddenly there was this spark and this excitement around what I was doing. It was the very, very early days of, um, we didn't even have it on a website. Yeah, All of our e-commerce was done through eBay at that time. (laughs) So (laughs) that just kind of tells you, uh, while I was there, we built out the first e-commerce platform for that dealership um, and launched that. So that was super exciting that suddenly now people could go on the website and order it. And then we could either ship it to their house or they could come Mm -hmm. pick it up at the store. I mean, that was like novel business. Yeah. Uh, After I left Harley-Davidson, I started a family and so I was staying home at the time and was really, this is where I was like, okay, I just need something to do while I'm staying at home. Uh, And I had a family member who was a custom uh, baker and Mm. cake designer. And I was just like, well, this will be something fun. It's just a hobby. And started doing cakes as a hobby business and promoting it on social media. It was the very early days of Instagram, Mm -hmm. the very early days of Facebook business pages, and got into promoting it all within that social media side of things. And again, I was like, wait, I I liked that digital stuff I was doing for Harley, and now I'm doing this, and really took that and was like, 
I like doing this. I, I'm not really enjoying doing the cakes. Right. <laughs> so they were a lot of work. It's People a lot of work. really oh, don't yeah. want to pay mm-hmm. for what the work goes into. If you ever order a custom cake, know that you're getting your money's worth when you pay that really high amount. That's right. Um, so I started picking up classes uh, in marketing and was working on my degree there was able to get hired by a local agency uh, here in Wichita and stepped into their social media marketing position. And that was where I was like, okay, now I have clients and it Mm. really got to explore and learn and grow. And I learned so much. And and those were the early days of social media. I mean, Facebook live didn't even exist yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, TikTok, what? (laughs) So (laughs) it was uh, the the super early days of that digital marketing um, piece of things. And from there, went out and built my own agency for a while. I did that and loved it again, learned and grew. And then uh, StreamYard came to me with an amazing offer. And I was like, well, I think this is kind of the next step in the journey. Yeah. Wow. From motorcycle mechanic to, well, from hair salon (laughs) to motorcycle mechanic to e-commerce to digital marketing and now into social media marketing. This This is pretty... I don't, I don't think it's nutty, but it's definitely a cool story. And it goes to show that you have to try your hand at, at stuff before you know what's for you. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I admire those people who like were, were young and were like, I'm going to be this when I grow up and go through high school, still with that goal and immediately come out and go to college and, and really do find that Mm -hmm. is their career, their passion. And they pick the right thing. I admire those people. I think there are a lot less of them though, than there are of the me's that are like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do. No, you're you're absolutely right. And and if I go back to thinking about what I wanted to be, I don't even remember what that was. It was so long ago. I mean, you could tell, you know, Hey, mine's just <laughs> hidden under a lot of color. <laughs> um, oh my God, Julie. You know, it, it's funny because my son, um, he has got it in his head. He is going to be a lawyer and he's mm-hmm. like, I want to go to Harvard and all of mm. And I'm like, he's 12, by the way. Um, okay. So I'm like, uh, that is amazing. And I'm mm-hmm. like, if that really is what you want to pursue, yeah. by all means, let's go that route. Yeah. Um, but I keep reminding him also though that, just because you've chosen it today at 12 doesn't mean it has to be the thing that you stick with later. Right. And and guess what? Even if you do go to college and become a lawyer, it's okay to go do something else, yes. even at that age. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's <clears throat> never too late to change, to start over, to go, you know what? I spent the last 40 years of my life in this career and it's not what fulfills me. Yeah. It's not what I want to wake up and do every day for the rest of my life. Yeah. Because your life is not over. You're, they're, it's retirement not over. is so much later in life. And even retirement, I, I don't ever, I can't imagine myself completely retiring. I just can't. No. It's, and that's, that's, that's the thing about folks like us who have this mind and, and we see the power of communication and connection. 
and building relationship. And that's that's what that's what social media enables us to do. It just makes it's just a new way of doing things. Well, I, I'm saying it, it's new, but it's been it's been around for 15 years now. I know. However, I don't want to think about that. Right. We don't <laughs> want to I think about that. I have been in it the whole time. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, you know, it's funny because I, I talk to these younger, I, I say kids, uh, you know, when they're younger than me, yeah, they're kids, they're kids. Uh, you know, that are just really coming into this industry and everything. And they're like, oh yeah, you know, in college and all of this. And they're talking about TikTok in college. And I'm like- Social media didn't exist in college. That wasn't a thing. Uh huh. No, absolutely. And and I was actually uh, browsing Reddit a while back, and they're like, you know, back in the nineties, if you wanted to get online, you'd have to have a computer with a modem, an extra phone line, an AOL. AOL desk. Well, those were those would just show up in the mail. Anyway. Oh. Used to have stacks of those and yeah. the TurboTax. Yeah, AOL exactly. and TurboTax were really excited about sending you disk. Oh my God, TurboTax! Well, tax season is just around the corner, yes. and uh, if depending on when this podcast episode is out, make sure you file your taxes. <laughs> yeah, or at least to file an extension. Or file an extension, please. Um, what's crazy is that I was just on QuickBooks site or Intuit. Um, I didn't know they acquired MailChimp. I and they had acquired no Credit Karma. I'm like, wow, that is interesting because QuickBooks used to be this small little company. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when, but I remember this app called Mint where it would let you tran- you know, track your transactions. So apparently Intuit bought all those companies and now it's a big, huge conglomerate for like 40,000 people all around the world. I'm like, that's amazing. And that's, I mean, I would, I would love to talk to the CEO of Intuit and like, hey, how did this even happen? Because yeah. I love to see the how, like, how did that happen? It's It's been interesting, you know, just even because I've been with a company that is doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, I came on that's with StreamYard. Right. Um, and, and we were just StreamYard and we were mm-hmm. a baby team, um, it, of less than 50 employees yeah. at the time. Um, and then there was the acquisition by Hopin and then Hopin has been acquiring other companies. Mm-hmm. And so getting to see that on the, on this side of it on has been interesting because I've been a part of acquisitions before that were really badly done. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one has been so great, but um, getting to watch a larger company picking up these others to kind of build out this ecosphere mm-hmm. of products um, has been interesting being on this side of it. No, that's that's really fascinating to hear that. And I think one of the main reasons is because a lot of the people that are running these companies came from a culture of acceptance and grace and I think there's a lot, there's a lot to learn or there's a lot to dig into that, but we're, I don't think we have the time for that over here. <laughs> That's a whole series of episodes there. You want to dig into that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So Julie, what keeps you motivated and to keep doing what you do every day, day after day and day after day, right? What's, what's keeping you motivated and what are the, some of the things that keep you coming back. Wow. 
Okay. Those are good ones. Um, so I, I have to say my biggest motivation is my family. Um, I, my son that I mentioned before, uh, has these big desires to see mm -hmm. all of these different places in the world. Uh, and I've told him we will pick one place a year until he graduates. And then even maybe still some after that, mm -hmm. uh, but that we're going to go hit one of these spots each year. Um, and so that is my biggest motivation nice. is to be able to provide for him and give him these opportunities um, mm -hmm. that I didn't have and lots of people don't have. So trying to pick those up um, and just give him, of course, everything that yeah. possibly can. But uh, what keeps me coming back and everything is I love what social media is. I There are parts of it that are very bad. Um, mm -hmm. There are parts of it that are used poorly, but the ability to reach such a broad audience, the ability to communicate with so many people all in one spot. Um, you know, when I go live with StreamYard and I am literally talking to people a couple hours away from me to mm -hmm. the other side of the world and yes. getting to have conversations with them um, in real time is just amazing and something that wouldn't exist without these platforms. And then I just truly love the way it changes. I know mm -hmm. we hate the change. We grumble and complain about the change, but the change keeps it fresh. Um, and the change keeps it from becoming something that just becomes white noise in your mm -hmm. daily life. And you're trying to shut out and ignore. So I always chuckle every time a new platform comes out or mm. a platform makes a big change and everybody is just up in arms and they're like, great, not another one or not this change. And, and they're upset. And I'm like, but you're still here. Yeah. You're still coming back mm -hmm. and you're still using it and it's not going anywhere. There will be evolutions yeah. of it, but it's here. Um, and, and, you know, we just have to learn to grow and adapt with it yeah. and embrace it. And, and that change keeps my job fresh. Well, that's in, that's a really good way to put it. But if you think about it, we humans actually love change. The people who said they hate change, they probably don't have seasons. Well. <laughs> I mean, in nature, yeah, we literally have different weather every single day, depending on where you live. And we enjoy the fall, the summer, the spring. So if, if somebody's saying they hate change, they're a pure hypocrite. That's true. It's funny. I, where I live, we hit all, uh, four seasons in uh -huh. 24 hours on Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday. I, it snowed, it was 90 degrees. And oh then in less than 12 hours, it snowed. Um, That's yeah. So we insane. literally hit all four seasons in a 24 hour period. That's something else. So yeah, human beings are like, what there's a saying, the only constant is change. Yep. So embrace it. And we love new kids. When the new kids are on the block, like, you know, when you have a newborn, everybody loves the new kid, right? So companies coming out, new companies coming out is exactly that way, you startups. So we got to support them because somebody thought about an idea. They put their hard earned effort and they put, you know, they made that thing happen. So it's, it's, uh, it's important to embrace embrace change and embrace uh, newcomers on the spot because there is enough people in the world 
for everybody to stand together, you know? Absolutely. All right. Julie, it's been so much fun talking to you. I know it feels like we've been talking forever, but it hasn't. It's only a few minutes. But <laughs> after the break, we're going to have Julie share with us three hacks to take away for the audience so they can apply it with their immediate lives. And it could be anywhere that you think that makes sense. So we'll be right back after these messages. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working on how to break that thing off. Hey guys, welcome back to the episode. If you've been listening, we be talking to Julie Riley over at StreamYard, but also a amazing human being that I got to meet at Social Media Market Ronald. And I can't wait the next time we get to hang out. So Julie has been really grateful to come on. Sorry. <laughs> Julie has been really, what's that word? Gosh darn it. We are really grateful for Julie to come on to the episode. Um, Julie, share with the audience three hacks that they can take away today and apply it in their, you know, social media marketing, either it be their business, their podcast, their live streams, whatever it is, what can they do to be better than yesterday? I love this. Okay. So the first thing I hear, or we often hear when I had my own agency and I was working with clients is that I just don't have the time for my social media. I don't have the time for all of the places I have to be. And the first thing I would say is, well, one, that's why you're here getting help. But two is you don't have to be all of the places. So the one thing I always hear these business owners, um, people in their social media strategy is going, well, gosh, I have to be on Facebook and I have to be on Twitter and I have to be on Instagram and TikTok and LinkedIn and YouTube. And they're exhausted trying to think about how to create all of that content for all of those places. Mm -hmm. So until you have a team or a group of people that are doing this for you, stop and go, where is my audience spending the most time? Yes. Once you've figured out where the, your audience is spending the most of their time, then that's where you start and spend the most of your time because that's where you're going to get the most return. Mm -hmm. Don't try. This is not a field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> if your audience is not on TikTok, you don't need to be on TikTok. Okay. Mm -mm. If your audience is going, I don't use Twitter. That's not where you need to be. So go where your audience is. Then from there, you can say, okay, but I want an audience over here on this platform. Now I'm going to work on building that while I have the time. But when you don't have the time, when it's overwhelming, yeah. start where everybody is, mm -hmm. get comfortable, get a system, then add in the next piece. I love that. Yes. So and, yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> and take, for example, for breakfast, how many different things do you eat? You can't have pancakes and cereal and oatmeal and bananas. I mean, you can mix a couple of things together, but you can't do all of them at the same time. So pick one meal for your breakfast for social media, pick one platform and go all out at it. Find the right recipe. Yeah. The next one also relates to not having all the time in the world. And you're going, okay, 
but but now I'm getting good at where I'm at. I, I do want to add in the uh, these others, or I'm still just trying to even get my feet wet mm-hmm. where I need to be. But I still have to go create all this content, and now I have to get stuff to put there, and that becomes overwhelming. And that is batch your content. Mm-hmm. Pick an afternoon, block time on your calendar. Say, okay, every Wednesday afternoon, Wednesdays are my slow day. Every Wednesday from noon to four, I am in content mode. I have no meetings, nowhere I have to be. I am working content. I'm going to make videos. If you are on TikTok and you're going, I need to make TikTok videos. You can literally make them all at once. Mm -hmm. Just change your outfits and you don't even have to do it for every time. You can Mm -hmm. make 10 videos with one, then go change, make another 10 batch that content out. Same with your video content for YouTube. You can literally go, okay, today I am going to script write my next four videos. And then I'm going to film all four of those and just get that bandaid ripped off and, and take care of all of them in one bulk sitting. And it will actually make things so much easier because you're in that mindset already. So you're not having to spend 30 minutes getting yourself mm-hmm. in the right mindset to create the content, Yeah. then creating it, then you, you hit the brakes and stop after that one thing. Mm-hmm. So keep yourself in that mindset and keep it going. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. Because when you batch content, it also invokes ideas in your head. I'm like, oh, I talked about this one in the first video. I could talk about this. And then I can tell people, oh, if you want to learn more about that, you can go check out that last video. So you have more context of the content that you're putting out. Excellent point. Exactly. And then my third one. My third one is do not be afraid to try new things. We talked about, you got to try new things. You've got to keep it fresh. So you're going, okay, I've been posting articles over on my social media page and I'm just not getting the engagement. I'm not getting people clicking through to my blog. Then go, you know what? Maybe I need to make a different kind of post. I need to make an animated post or just post it with a GIF. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going live and talking about it what the blog would have talked about and then saying, if you want to read the whole thing, here's where you go. Mm-hmm. So you're trying these new things and shaking it up a little. Um, that's going to one, keep your content fresh, but two, yeah. give you that chance to experiment. You may go, well, I've been posting, uh, you know, a link and it's working. People are clicking on it and you're going, but what if more people clicked on it by trying something else? Mm-hmm. You might try something else and it might go the other direction and nobody messes with it. But yeah. you're going, okay, I tried that. Put that one in the don't try again for a while list. Yeah. Don't, unless it is a true absolute failure though, I never put it in the I will never do that again list. Right. I put it on the this wasn't the right time for that piece. Mm-hmm. And we might circle back and try it again, slightly different later. You're, you're absolutely right. And <clears throat> the beautiful thing about the platforms that we use, they give us all the data. They're like, hey, here's all the data. Here's when your audience is active. This is the time they're awake. This is the time they're sleeping. This is when they're interacting with your content. And maybe one post, one kind of post gets you more attention than, than a different kind of post. Yeah. Right. The catch to that data, though, mm-hmm. is so, for instance, let's say, 
that it says your audience is most likely to interact with a video. But if you only post videos, of course they're most likely to interact with a video because you haven't posted links, you haven't posted photos. So that again is why you have to try different things because then you will get the true metric Mm -hmm. of, okay, no, my audience actually really does like video the most. I posted others and it shows me that they've interacted with it some, but video really is doing the best or Mm. no, my video isn't doing the best now that I'm adding other things in and these photo posts are doing better. Um, So you can start to get that true metric, but you won't get it if you're only posting one thing. That's right. Because when you're posting just that one thing, you've kind of trained them. Oh, I always expect a video. So try everything. And I, and I do the same thing. I'll post just a text post on my FB, Facebook. You can't do that on Instagram. But I have seen on Instagram, they're like, we are now a video only company. I mean, Michael Stelzner shared that at the Social Media Marketing World keynote. And I'm like, whoa. Okay, let me experiment. And then I experimented and I posted carousels and photos and videos and reels and lives. And I'm like, okay, now I can get some true data. Yes. What's really working. And, and what works for your audience may not work for my audience. No. So that's no. the other thing is there is no true blueprint yeah. to social media because I'm talking to a whole different group of people than you're mm-hmm. talking to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, The beautiful thing is you can come back and do it all over again. And once you figured it out, right, once you're like, okay, this is working, you can in fact create a brand new channel and then just put that kind of content and like, okay, this is really working. This is literally blown up. And uh, Shelly and Johnson and Brock Johnson spoke at the Marketing World and they were talking about like, we have four or five different channels and they're just experimenting different stuff just so they can teach their students like whoa yeah so you can't be afraid to try new things julie well those were amazing amazing tips in fact um when you were like batch the content i'm like when did i do that and what's funny is that we're i'm running a 30-day home studio oh sorry 30-day video challenge in my group where I'm telling people, okay, go record a video and post it. But what's hard is that you never know what to talk about, like especially if you're brand new. So I'm like, you know what? I'll make it easy for you. I'll send you a prompt. I'll ask you a question, and then you answer that question. Mm-hmm. But I had to also go and sit down and come up with these questions, create an email list, and like, okay, every single day I'm going to send you this question so you know what to do. Yep. And then there's tools that enable you to do schedule stuff like this yeah it's so they make it so easy yeah if it wasn't for some of my tools i i would be in a whole lot different position because at that point then you it is harder you could batch the content but you Mm -hmm. can't get it scheduled out um i mean now i mean even the scheduling within facebook itself is really really much more advanced and robust than it used to be um but i i definitely have my favorite tools that I've, I was, I've been in there all day today, redoing Ooh. a lot of my batched content. Nice. Nice. I need to get better at it or have my team be better at it. <laughs> there you go. All right, Julie, it's been so much fun talking with you, learning about you, your nutty adventure. I think we, 
Then you need to write a book called The Nutty Adventure. There's so much more that didn't even get added know, into this. Like it is, it is truly nutty. Yes. <laughs> and then you know, um, I was I was a guest on another podcast earlier this week, and she gave me the idea for my book or the name for my book. I'm like, ooh, I like that. And it's going to be called the How Analogy. How to get there from here. I'm still working on that subtitle. (laughs) I like it, though. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. All right, so towards the end of the episode, I like to ask some quick blast questions, but then they can also help us dig even deeper. So I think we're going to have a lot more fun than what we're all having. Okay. (laughs) What is the one hobby that you wish you got into? Sports. Ooh. Yeah. Sports, just sports, any sports. Yeah. So growing up, um, I was in ballet Mm -hmm. and I always wanted to play soccer or do t-ball or go out and get active in these other sports, but they always interfered with when my ballet class was Mm. and I was not allowed to give that up. Um, so I always wanted to be more active in sports, um, to be able to play those like through high school, stuff like that. Um, so yeah. Okay. I don't know if, I don't know if I would say sports or hobbies, but I guess we'll, we'll call them hobbies. What other, I was trying to think. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, I used, I used to be really into photography Mm. and, uh, got busy and just kind of put it aside and let all of that go. And so that's one that I guess if I had a hobby, that would be what I would love to have back. Nice. I love that. I love photography. It's, it's what got me here. <laughs> that, yep. You have quite the setup too. Well, thank you Sarah, so much. I appreciate it. Um, years of, years of, uh, you know, tweaking and learning and figuring out what works and what doesn't. <clears throat> all right. Next question. What did you want to be when you were a child? A fighter pilot. Ooh, that reminds me of a movie that's coming on May first. I can't wait. Is it and I'm May first or May twenty eighth? May something. May, I think it's May twenty. Oh, it's May twenty seventh. Yeah, it's, it's it's a Memorial Weekend. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yes, yes. Ooh. Uh, yeah, that is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to see it opening my night. Movie. Sorry. The first one is my favorite movie. Oh my god, mine too. So Mine too. I just watched it the other day, but yes, I wanted to be a fighter pilot. I play the soundtrack of it all the time. Oh yeah. And in fact, I, th- I think I wanted to be a pilot as well when I was younger, but some way around, some, some way, what is that? Somehow I ran into computers and I was like, oh my God, these are awesome. Well, I didn't know that um, growing up, being a pilot came with certain physical requirements. Mm. And I am four foot 11. Oh. I am too short. So. How tall do you need to be? I, well, fighter pilot, I I definitely taller because that's like all the G-forces on your mm. body and stuff like that. And I, I don't remember what the requirement was, but once they gave me the requirement and I was in high school and I was like, I'm not ever going to meet that required like 
that that is one I physically can't make. Oh, <laughs> um, and right. then just pilot in general, I think there's some requirements there. I mean, you have to mm-hmm. be able to see over the cockpit. Well, um, there's another type of pilot called the drone pilot. I don't think they have a height requirement on that. No, one. that that one would not. So <laughs> I think that's as close as I could get at this point yes. in my life. Well, actually, you know, Julie, um, check out FPV drones. Okay. Okay. First person view drones. They are insane because you get to wear these nice looking uh, VR goggles. And it is attached, the camera is attached to a drone that you can then fly around and get those same feelings as if you're flying out there. So Awesome. I will have to check that out. And I, I can do like small personal planes, like the Cessna oh, nice. 172s, stuff like that. So nice. I could go do those. It's just, just anything big. Well, we're gonna get we're gonna get you there, okay. <laughs> All right. Next question. And I think we kind of talked about this already. What is your favorite movie or TV show? <laughs> My favorite movie is Top Gun. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know it's so not one that people normally come back with. Mm-hmm. And it is, I, it's dorky, and uh, but it is my favorite. It's got my heart. I love that movie. And then um, TV show, I don't know if I really have a favorite because I will watch a series until it's over mm-hmm. and then move on to another one and just okay. be in love with that one. So I... I just love like completing the whole series and moving on. Okay, that's that's fair enough. What movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? Hmm. Well, I mean, Top Gun would be amazing because I'd be yeah. able to be flying a fighter jet. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, I don't know. That's a tricky one. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would say. We we are uh, a big Star Wars nerd family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was so wondering when that was going to come yes. out. Yes, <laughs> um, uh, I know. I've in fact I've got a lightsaber against the wall behind me back there. Ooh, I see it. So, yeah, that's uh, one of Ahsoka Tana's. And uh, so I, I think if I had to play a character, it would probably be in the Star Wars universe. There you go. Yeah, I like that. <clears throat> I like I like that a lot. In fact. I just got a um, Star Wars buildable figure. They don't make them anymore, but this is a, a Lego buildable figure, and it's Boba Fett. So I can't See, wait. To... Boba Fett is. I know um, you have a story. Yeah, I do. There is a story. Do you want me to tell the story? Yes, of course. Okay. So uh, we had a Star Wars wedding. <laughs> uh, it was funny when my husband proposed to me. He's a huge Star Wars person. Has collected everything. He didn't know that I had already decided that when I got married, I wanted to go down the aisle to the Imperial March. We had never talked about Star Wars, anything other than I knew he loved Star Wars. Mm -hmm. He knew I liked it. No other real conversations around that, like being like big into it. So he goes, okay, but we we can have the wedding you want under one condition. He goes that you go down the aisle to the Imperial March. And I'm like, okay, well, that's simple. Yes. And he's like, really? Yes. And I was like, uh, I was actually going to tell you the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked out. I mean, it was meant to be. Yeah. But at our wedding, his cake, his groom's cake was Boba Fett's helmet. <laughs> and we actually had 
some of our wedding planning team, uh, one of the girl's fathers and one of um, the girl's husband, they dressed up as Boba Fett and Darth Vader and escorted us into our reception. So it was kind of funny because it was a very traditional wedding, Mm -hmm. you know, the pretty flowers and the white dress, you know, I wasn't dressed like princess Leia or that. Um, But with these little elements added in that were just very unexpected. So they escorted us in with lightsabers. And then my husband had to battle uh, Darth Vader (laughs) for back for me because (laughs) Boba Fett had taken me hostage. And so there was a lightsaber battle uh, at the beginning of our reception. So guys, this is what it means when you're really passionate about something, right? (laughs) You're into a hobby, you're into something. And it comes out as your personality because I talk about personality in your studio, right? And it's what makes us unique. It's what makes us appreciate each other. And when I heard this story, um, when Julie told this story to me at the Hilton, the the mixer, that social media marketing world, I was just, I was just crying because I was like this is the best ever. And in fact, since then, Julie, you have to come talk with Jeff Bowles. I don't know if you heard of him yet. He has Star Wars tattooed all over his body. He has a live show on YouTube that he does. It's called the Kessel Chat. And they talk all about Star Wars. So my next tattoo actually will be, if you're familiar with Boba Fett's helmet, he's got the two triangles indented Uh, on the front of his helmet. mm -hmm. And I'm going to get those on my wrist. Oh, my God. Okay. So (laughs) you and I are going to go on Jeff Bull's show. Yes. We're going to talk Star Wars. Okay. I love it. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm in for it. Perfect. That's all I want to hear. All right. Two more questions. Uh, Next one is, who is your favorite superhero? Ooh, you know, I love, uh, you know, we watch all the Marvel movies, all the DC movies. I, though, growing up, mm-hmm. always loved Batman because Batman didn't have superpowers. Mm-hmm. He wasn't from another planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and he really just used all of these cool gadgets and everything. But later in life, um, I really fell in love with um, Green Arrow. Oh, yes. So I'm a big fan of that one. Uh, but yeah, we're we're comic book nerds too. So I love that. <clears throat> I mean, obviously, I mean, if you had a Star Wars wedding, you're a comic <laughs> book nerd. Come on. It, yes. it, it doesn't matter which comic book. If it's in the comic book, yes, we're all about it because – all the work that goes into creating those characters and the stories, right? It's it's people writing their heart out. And they're not just giving you one movie. They are giving you an entire universe mm-hmm. and then all the crossover pieces and that they keep all of these stories straight because yeah. I would like lose track if I was the right writer personally. I feel like <laughs> I don't remember where they're from, um, but that they, they literally have this entire world Mm -hmm. um and story from birth to death that you get to follow along with yeah and it's and it's the most richest um history you can read in non-fiction format it's like wow 
It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I've got a poster of uh, the Marvel guys over here, and I've got Justice League back there. And I look at him like my heroes. I know. And, you know, superheroes shows us another thing about competition. There is no competition between them. They work together. Yeah. Right? It's it's so awesome. And, and when people say, oh, I want to do this, but there's so many people. There's so much competition. I'm like, what are you talking about? First of all, collaboration over competition. Yes, please. Like, find those other people and be like, let's now work together. Let's figure out how we can make this even better, how we can collaborate on projects. Um, because they're going to bring something to the table you don't have. Mm-hmm. And you're going to bring something they don't have. Exactly. Um, so, and it's way more fun than trying to go, um, you know, I can be the only one. I, I'm going to go put my flag in the moon and nobody else can do it. <laughs> so. Well, talking about the moon, um, I don't know if you've seen Space Force on Netflix. I haven't yet. It's on my it's on my list. Okay. Uh, I've been working through a long list. So we've been watching Moon Knight lately. I haven't I haven't picked that Moon Knight mainly because I want to wait for all six episodes to drop and then I'll yeah, binge it. But um, they got to check out uh, Space Force. There's a little part about the moon, and uh, I don't want to ruin it. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Last question: If you were a board game, what would it be? I was a game that i have never been asked that question that's the most unique only question. on hacks and hobbies is what you, <laughs> I was like, you get ooh, asked that question there's so many good board games mm-hmm. um life oh i like that one because you get to choose your path yeah you get to choose your journey and and that is really what it is is you're you're choosing your path and your journey yeah. and you don't always make the right choices and sometimes right. they come with some hiccups along the way mm-hmm. but at the end you still get to the end goal um you still do it's just the path you took to get there yeah i yeah. love that you know i'm going to be honest with you i've never played that game i've I, never played the game of life and a board game because I didn't grow up in the States. I, I came just to the States when I was like 19. Yeah. So I haven't had a chance to play life, but I have played other games. Our, um, uh, our, our family one is normally Monopoly. That mm-hmm. gets pretty heated. We've had, <laughs> and of course, you know, because we have to, we have the Star Wars limited edition version. Of course. Come on. <laughs> Come on now. So I'm always R2-D2. My husband's Boba Fett and my son is Darth Vader. <laughs> um. It's it's such a pleasure talking with you, and we are so blessed to have such rich cultures and rich um, things. What am I? Rich things to go uh, listen to and um, experience, like the Star Wars universe, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the entire DC universe. I mean, we are in. We're living in a time that's not going to be forgotten for a long time. All right. Julie, it was really a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for your time and coming on and sharing your life with us and sharing the hacks to take away so people can be better and save their time and 
be not as stressed with social media marketing. This was fun. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Take care. And, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Hacks and Hobbies. You can find additional information on the guest today on their website, hacksandhobbies.com. Please feel free to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on upcoming interviews with amazing guests.